0: Welcome to episode eight of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on our podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore, update you on happenings uh, around the church here, but also we love uh, having guests come in that we can interview and uh, find out more about other ministries, other activities, and community events. So we hope that you will subscribe if you haven't already. Just hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you get notifications when we post our videos. Uh, If you can't join us live, we're we're at noon on Wednesdays each week. And if you can't join us live, these will be archived uh, so that you can go back and catch them anytime you have the opportunity to listen. So thanks for joining us today. I am very excited today to have one of our friends join us, uh, Dennis Bratton. Uh, Welcome, Dennis. So glad to have you here with with us today.
1: Thank you, Randy. It's really good to be here.
0: Uh, I got to know Dennis before he got to know me, just to tell you a little background here. uh, My beautiful bride is from St. Augustine, Florida, and we started going, uh, after we got married, we would go to St. Augustine regularly for vacation, and when we are are out of town on Sunday, we always try to find a church to attend, and we had heard about Christ Church there in Jacksonville and decided we'd make a trip over there from St. Augustine. It's not very far and uh, attend services there. And I got to tell you, the first time we went, I heard Dennis preach. And uh, as a pastor myself, as one who, who makes a living preaching and teaching, I always like to hear good preaching. And uh, Dennis is an excellent communicator of the Word, and we enjoyed our time there. And even though we tried to visit other churches too in the area, we would often go back to Christ Church there. Uh, Dennis, you served there a long time. How long you, were you there?
1: I was there 32 years. Wow. I was able to see a um, um, a lot of growth. I was able to raise my family there, and that, that's yeah. always good to stay in one place. And uh, uh, the church became a, a multi-campus congregation, and it was just a very enjoyable ministry.
0: You did an excellent job there over the years. God used you and your family in some powerful ways there to really impact the kingdom. And that, that impact continues. Uh, you left it in good shape, and it was very healthy and uh, continues to impact in great ways. So, Thank you for your service there. Um, I want people to get a chance to know you a little better, too. Tell us where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, those kinds of things.
1: Brenda and I grew up in Illinois. Uh, We both went to school in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then back to Illinois for two ministries. And then in uh, 1978, I was asked to come to Mandarin Christian Church in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a congregation of about 100, 120 people, um, and really in the woods, my um, yeah. wife said, you never told me we were going to be missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Very country people, but the community was changing, it was growing, and we were fortunate to serve a growing congregation during that time.
0: Fantastic. And uh, I know that as you uh, began that transition to to retire from that role, uh, I knew, uh, just knowing your personality, that would not that was not when God was going to be done with you yet. You had plenty more in the tank to, for God to use, and I know it led to a transition where you began, uh, you and Brenda together founded CORE. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process. What led you to uh, CORE, uh, to establish that ministry, and, and to Nashville, to this area?
1: The first Monday morning after I'd preached my last sermon, the church had said, you can keep your office, keep your secretary, and... Um, I went into the office, and I really didn't have anything to do. I was retired, <laughs> and it didn't take long to decide I needed something to retire to. Right. Um, we had begun working with our missionaries um, in a more personal way several years before. I took a trip to India to visit one of our missionaries, first time I'd ever been out of the country, actually. And I saw poverty like I had never Seen. I didn't know it existed like that. Dollar a day kind of living uh, out of a population of six and a half billion people in the world, two billion lived on a dollar a day or less. And when you see that, um, you don't ever forget it. I thought I'd seen poverty. I'd never seen anything like that. But we became convicted that uh, something could be done, should be done, about people who live in abject poverty. And we started a, a Ministry in India, um, it was about a hundred acre property. It put a, a lake on it, built a dam, started growing fruit trees. Had five thousand fruit trees that were all irrigated. And yeah. um, the the plan was for that property to become um, the income producing and a safe haven for uh, children who were abandoned, children who were uh, handicapped in some way. Uh, and that's where the whole idea of CORE came from. When I retired. I'd made enough trips to India. I wasn't going back there. It's a tough trip when you're older, particularly. Um, But somebody suggested that Haiti had that kind of poverty, and I'd worked in Haiti, or actually I'd given to Haitian ministries. Uh, And I was at a meeting at the University of Florida with grad uh, department heads who worked in agriculture and poverty alleviation and so on. And the question was, is there something that works? to actually alleviate poverty other than just handouts. And one of the professors mentioned a project in Bangladesh, uh, looked that up. It was Smallholder Poultry Enterprise. And so I I did. I looked it up and surely it was a um, grant that was given and women mainly who were just incredibly impoverished began the whole chain of poultry business. So I was fortunate to have a couple of good friends who um, had worked with me in India. We got together and said, let's see what we can do in Haiti. And that's how the idea started. Wow. um, To give people who were impoverished in that dollar a day level, the opportunity to help themselves, not a handout, but a hand up. And um, we began to develop an agricultural program for core. First, it was broilers, but Inflation hit Haiti, and uh, very few people could afford a 4 or $5 chicken. So um, we went to uh, layers and eggs several years ago, Right. and that's worked a lot better. Uh, and we've gotten good, uh, good customers. We provide a school system in Central Plateau, 40,000 eggs every week, wow. egg a day for 8,000 kids. And we're expanding that, um, continuing to grow that, and so it gives farmers uh, the opportunity to have an income it gives kids an opportunity to start their day with uh, a meal that they normally don't get yeah. and it's given us an, a great opportunity uh, because all of these schools don't care as long as we provide the egg they don't care if we want to come in and teach the kids about jesus
0: yeah what a great opening uh, open door for yes, you there yes yeah.
1: and all the way through from the beginning um, we have five Haitian preachers who are on our team, and we've done discipleship training for all of our farmers and all of their family members. And then it, because in a, these little villages, there's nothing to do. There's very maybe one television. And so other people would come and listen. And so the, the organic process has led to now planting two churches in the last year.
0: Fantastic,
1: and uh, one of those churches, New Hope, is the newest. And last Sunday they had over two hundred people.
0: Wow! They don't have
1: a building; they meet out in ninety-degree weather outside. And
0: yeah, all you people complaining about it too cold or whatever at our services—you need to listen to that. So, and their
1: services don't even get started until the second or third hour. So, (laughs) right, (laughs) they're an all-day long process, aren't they? They Yeah.
0: Uh, Man, I love hearing about this. I know you have shared some of it with me before, but I love getting the updates too. how did you end up coming to, N- to the Nashville area? Um, and then I want you to take a moment to talk, talk about the actual name for the foundation, CORE, okay. where that came from.
1: Yeah, um, We were living in Florida, thought we would just stay there. I mean, what's not to like? Most people retire to Florida. <laughs> right. Um, but one of our sons was transferred to Nashville, and we were visiting with him. And uh, there was a community up there that we found a house that was, had been abandoned and we made an offer to the bank that owned it, and uh, I think it was almost four months after we made the offer, they called and said, okay, we'll take it. Yeah. And so it needed a lot of rehab, and we needed something to do, so we bought the house and thought a couple of years later we'd probably go back to Florida. but We just fell in love with Middle Tennessee, and we're here to stay. We, let, we love it here.
0: That's great. One of the things I love about Dennis and Brenda, too, is their heart for hospitality. Shortly after you got in the home and got settled and got some of the work done. You had uh, a group of pastors, I was included, to come out to the home and get to get uh, spend some time with you, get to know more about you and, uh, and about CORE, but uh, just your hospitality, your willingness to try to encourage the other pastors in the area. I appreciated that very much. Thanks for opening up your home to us. So.
1: Those were good days. I, we had several groups that came in for uh, uh, mentoring classes and uh, got to meet some great guys and Build some good connections, and we really enjoyed that.
0: And I love having you here in the area. I've called on you a couple of times to mm-hmm. give me counsel and advice and some mentoring along the way, and uh, I respect you and and your experience. And you've helped me by pouring into me in that way. And I just want to thank you. I've thanked you before, but I want to thank you for our listeners to hear that too, because you you have a heart for other pastors, and that means a lot.
1: Well, I appreciate yeah. that, Randy, and yeah. and I appreciate Lake Shore. Lake Shore has. Been helpful to us. You've sponsored a couple of Mother's Days uh, yeah. programs twice as strong. Ninety-eight uh, percent of our farmers are women, right. and most of them are single mothers. And uh, what's been fascinating is to watch those moms be able to afford to get their kids into school. There's no free public education in Haiti, and to be able to clothe their kids, be able to provide them meals. And one of the neatest things is you'll go visit them and to see their their farm their chicken coop and their business and they'll say we're building a house and you look around and you say where (laughs) and they'll point to a a stack of concrete blocks right and when they have a little extra money they buy another block and they put it over here and when they get enough for the first round of blocks that's how they and they say I'm building a house and um, the the women have benefited from this they're a lot better farmers than the men they're a lot more responsible for the men And make some money, they're going to buy a, a scooter or something. Uh, <laughs> the ladies take care of their kids, and right. uh, it's it's been great. But we appreciate your help and your friendship with the ministry.
0: Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts. If you've got uh, someone in Haiti that they uh, identify as potential to do this, what what would be the process? How would they go through it?
1: Well, it used to be that we had – American teams that went over, there are no very, very few Americans still working in Haiti. It's just not safe now. Right. Um, And so we depend on our our staff. Our staff been with us for the entire 10 years, almost all of them. And uh, when we are adding 10 more farmers, we we wait till we have the orders for the eggs. You got to be able to sell them. Um, We have the order, then we'll uh, ask them to go look for identify more people to be farmers. We don't say just women, but uh, they've learned the women take it seriously. Um, but they'll train them, and the training, the Haitian training is, is almost comical to an American. We don't understand the Creole, but they're very emotional. And if they don't understand or they disagree, they speak up. And the, the fellows that do the training have, have really gotten good at it. And they prepare them for what's going to be required. And then they build a coop, and we have a man that uh, has a team we love to use Haitian materials and Haitian labor. Right, and they come in and they help the farmer build a team. He has to dig the foundation in a little sweat equity. We we try our best not to do handouts. We yeah. want them to earn this. It's their business and feel the pride of ownership. But they build a coop and then we uh, um, we'll bring the first chicks to them. If it's layers, we don't or broilers, we don't do too many of those anymore. We do mostly the chicks that are uh, old enough to start laying the eggs and they go into business and uh, it's it really is fascinating to see the sense of pride that they have Um, our our um, trainers are very good about saying this comes from Jesus this is Christian people that are helping you get started here and they're very thankful when you go and talk to them um, it just it it fills your heart with their joy yeah. at having this opportunity. Right. Um, one of my favorite pictures is a picture of, we used to have a fat chicken contest. <laughs> a fat when chicken we were contest. broilers. Yeah. Right. And when they'd have their annual meeting, each of them would bring their fat chicken, <laughs> and they'd weigh it, and it was yeah. really a big thing. And the winner, I think the second year we did it, was a lady, the first time a lady had won. Uh-huh. And she stood to get her picture taken holding her chicken. And if you zoom in on it, you can barely see it, but her daughter is standing behind her and kind of peering up at her mama. And I thought, poverty has a a next generation. And this little girl seeing her mama successful at at her own business, you know, it just, things like that are are really heartwarming. Yeah, the
0: hope that was planted in that little girl's heart seeing her mom doing that, yeah.
1: Hope changes everything. It
0: does. Man, that's great. I love it. Is it still working today where you're able to... uh, is it where you fund up front and then they pay back? Is that still the process that you're working with, or how's that go- working? No, not really.
1: It's yeah. That's it, what we started out doing. Right. Um, the problem with that, the bookkeeping, the handling of money back and forth, right, um, became more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. So what we do now is the farmers store. They start out as contract growers. Okay. Yeah. And as it goes along, they um take ownership of their own building or of their own business um there're no banks that uh, in fact one of our ladies we took her to a bank first time she'd ever been inside one to start a savings account it's just all it's all a new concept to them they don't understand it um right teaching them you know if i sell you 10 chickens at $5 a piece there's $50 that's my $50 I said no you have to pay for the chicken. You have to pay for the feed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all
0: the expense of operation yeah. there. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah. that concept, seeing them figure that out, and our our uh, directors trying to clarify—that's uh, what I meant—is kind of comical sometimes. Yeah, but they grasp it after time, and they become good business people. They're, yeah. they're pretty sharp, and they'll expand their businesses. We now have added um, high tunnel farming and we're growing we've just finished our first round of cucumbers and they don't eat cucumbers in Haiti they've never seen a cucumber (laughs) really I have pictures of little boys holding it thinking what is this they wouldn't eat it until our guys cut it and showed them you can eat it but now they all want cucumbers and so we're starting the plants and then taking them and using the egg fertilizer and the eggshells and and they're growing now their own right We're adding tomatoes right now and eggplants. And um, so they're adding that to their business and they keep enough. You know, we used to read about food insecurity and that's what these people had. Mm -hmm. And then food security, that's where you get to the point where you're not, you're not worried about having a meal the next day. Well, some of our people are getting to food surplus where they actually have enough for their own families, but they can sell some of it. Wow. And th- that's, you know, the, the progression that's taking place, and these are adding to it. One other thing I want to make sure I tell you that I'm, I'm very proud of, we've not been able to go down much because of the violence, the government. Um, two things have happened that I'm, I'm very proud of. Our guys down there, our, our leadership, had an earthquake about a year ago. Uh-huh. Uh, our farmers donated over 39,000 of their eggs. Our staff boiled them. And took them over to the affected area, wow. along with uh, truckloads of water that they donated themselves. And it wasn't relief coming from some other country; it was Haitians um, yeah. delivering this relief themselves.
0: Uh, think about the the pride they must have had that they could step mm-hmm. in and help instead of just expecting somebody Absolutely. else to do that. Yeah.
1: We're, there are international feeding programs that we're trying to, right now, convince, instead of shipping food into Haiti, let these Haitian farmers and food producers produce it themselves. Buy it from them. Yeah. It's a good product, yeah. and they're able to produce it. They need a market, right. and we're getting some traction at that. The, one other thing that was Haitian-started, our directors began running into little enclaves of senior adults who were completely abandoned, no family taking care of them, sleeping on rags in little stick huts when the rains came, water rained right through them. We have over 300 now that our guys are are caring for. They're having church services for them. They're doing Bible studies with them. They have dried in their houses. They've got them on beds off the floor, and now they're teaching them to raise these vegetables Wow. Every month they take them grain and, and oil and uh, a chicken or two. And this is something that our Haitian staff and churches have done right. uh, on their own. So the, yeah. the mater- you know, in 10 years, the ministry has really grown and COVID kept us out and then violence kept us out. But it's required these men to provide real leadership and yeah. expand the ministry.
0: They've really stepped up, and the local church is uh, feeling the impact of that because these, when these families can take care of their own families and even have some surplus to sell and all, then they can also give greater support to the local churches that they're a part of. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, let's, tell me, uh, I know the listeners would like this story. Tell us about the name CORE. Uh, I've read where it comes from. You've shared it with me, but I'm sure most people would have no clue where that comes from.
1: I'll give you the short version. There's a right. long one. But um, Hezekiah became king. His uh, father was a bad king. His grandfather was a bad king. Uh, but he was a good king. And he reinstituted the reading of Scripture. Uh, he had a Passover supposed to last a week. It lasted two weeks because the people just wouldn't go home. And he challenged them to tithe. And they began to give. And the Bible says, the only time I ever heard of this, Randy, it took them almost seven months to count and categorize all the tithe that was brought in. We've never had that problem, Never had Dennis. that problem yeah. in my mind. <laughs> but um, in the organization of distri- distribution of that, they had people that were supposed to take the tithe itself and make sure it passed on. But the offerings, the freewill offerings, uh, the man named Kor was appointed by Hezekiah to make sure that the free will offerings were distributed to old and young alike. And we took the name core, just picked it out of that obscure Old Testament uh, scripture and use it as an acrostic. K is what motivates what we do kindness, the touch of Jesus in a practical way. O is opportunity, R is resources. If you're in poverty, what do you have to have to get out of poverty? Opportunity and resources. Right. Same thing in Haiti. And E it stands for evangelism for enterprise and for education and we are a christian organization we're baptizing a lot of people our churches the the church i mentioned is up to 200 now they've baptized almost 30 people
0: that's that's great
1: uh, yeah. we've baptized some of our senior adults who'd never heard bible stories wow and uh, but education we do a lot of ed- education the 8,000 school kids that we're feeding we just purchased uh, thousands of uh, books that are coloring books the life of jesus yeah. and all summer our staff is doing vacation bible schools. so they even they're not school they're still getting their egg each morning uh-huh. and we're teaching them about jesus wow and so we yeah. think there are more church planning opportunities that are coming as they continue to do this kind of discipling
0: absolutely well, I know we've got listeners that uh, may want to get more information or even look at possibly helping with some support. Mm. What would be the best way for them to uh, to take that next step if they wanted to get a little more involved with us?
1: Easiest way to go on our website. It's dot org, right. And there are lots of ways to give. Uh, helping our senior adults, that ministry, we're funding that now. The two church plants, that was something that was not plan budget wise. And so we're looking for partners to help with that and, uh, to plant some more churches. I think that to me is the most exciting thing that's happening and it's just happening organically. Yeah. Uh, but anybody who wanted to partner with us and the churches, you guys have done the, the mother's day promotion. Yeah. Um, just, there are a lot of ways to help and all help is much appreciated.
0: And right, I think we've posted that in our show notes today with, uh, that website. So, uh, go there, click on that website, uh, get information. I'm sure you can email and contact them if you need to get more. Uh, they'll be glad to help you out. Uh, Dennis, it's been a joy. I know we could talk uh, longer and longer. we got two p- preachers sitting here who could talk uh, for they a long time. On, yeah. uh, but our time is running a little bit short. I want to thank you again for coming in today and sharing with us. And I look forward to future times we can get together and work together on some other things moving Great. forward. Thank you, Dennis. look forward to it. I want to thank all of you for joining us today, too. Uh, I want to invite you to come and visit with us at Lakeshore at either of our campuses. We'd love to have you. Right now, uh, we've got several exciting things going on. For the month of July, we've been collecting gift cards to help with back-to-school supplies. We're partnering with Youth for Christ here in Nashville and Smyrna Elementary School. They've identified families and teachers that could use some help. And, and so these gift cards are going to help with that. A lot of you have already donated, but if you haven't yet, you can do any amount. We're doing Amazon and Walmart gift cards. You can bring them to either campus there. I also want to encourage you to register and attend our summer celebration. Uh, we've uh, rented a camp that's between our two campuses there in Laverne. It's called Camp YI. Uh, we're going to have this on Saturday, August the 6th, from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. There will be fun activities for all the family Uh, indoor and outdoor games so swimming water slides fishing Uh, we'll have dinner in the dining hall there and close out the day with a campfire devotion time but you need to register in advance so we know how many to plan for us so you can go to our website at lakeshorechristian.com or go to either a campus kiosk out in the lobby of either campus and register there uh, Sunday, August the 7th, we're going to be doing Teacher Appreciation Sunday. We want to recognize and thank and pray over our teachers as the new school year gets started. We appreciate all the hard work you do. It's a challenging job. And uh, we know that you need the support of your church families, and we want to give you that. So if you are a teacher that attends Lakeshore, we want to be sure you're included, be here that Sunday, and we'll recognize you and celebrate with you and pray over you. If you're new to Lake Shore, we want to invite you to come to our welcome lunch. It's coming up on August the 21st uh, at both campuses. Uh, At the uh, Smyrna campus, it'll be after the 10 o'clock service, and at the Antioch campus, it'll be after our 11 o'clock service. It's a great time for you to learn more about the church, ask any questions you might have, meet some of the staff. We provide lunch for you, and child care is available if you need it, but you need to register in advance. There's no cost to you, but please register and As you register, there's a menu option for you to choose which meal you would like for us to provide for you. If you go ahead and do that, we would be happy to have you here for our welcome lunch. Of course, we want you to join us on Sunday mornings as well. We're in a series right now called Wisdom for the Ages. And this Sunday, we're going to be talking about how we need to allow wisdom to rule over our emotions. If we're just emotionally driven to the point that our emotions are controlling us, it can get us into big trouble. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 7, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Uh, it's wise to listen to God, even when your emotions may be telling you something different. His wisdom is never going to lead you the wrong way, whereas your emotions can easily lead you down the wrong path. So I hope you'll join us and learn more about that this Sunday. Uh, We encourage you to invite family, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors to come and join us as well uh, as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thank you for joining us.